Welcome to Calming Heart, the sounds of David's Psalms. I'm glad you've joined us for this brief moment we share together. I will be playing some of the music that has been brought out of the Psalms. My name is Steve Reese. I play the harp. And over the last several years, I've been bringing the sounds of David's Psalms into recordings. You can find a lot of my music on my website, www.calmingharp.com. I have CDs available and MP3s. And you can go to YouTube. If you go to YouTube and then type in Peregrinati, P-E-R-E-G-R-I-N-N-A-T-T-I, you will find hours of beautiful harp music that you can just play in the background and be calmed with the music that David may have played for his sheep at one time or another. So as we share this half hour, join me and enjoy the sounds of David's harp. Well, hello everybody. I'm back. I'm a little bit late today. I'm sorry about that. I had a program that we had to do this morning and um, finally got back. So here we are. A little late, but better late than never. So welcome to episode number 154. This is December 6, 2024. So welcome. So I thought I would uh, start out today, uh, spend today, uh, talking about restoration. In fact, the word restore, I looked it up. Um, there's two basic Hebrew words that are used, that are trans translated across to restore or return. And the main one is that's used the most often, actually uh, a little over a thousand times throughout the Old Testament, is the word shuv. And we've talked about that word before, but now today it has a slightly different connotation. And, and really you understand the meaning of how the word is being used by the context of where you find it. So in this case, the word is restore and it's used in the Psalms over 60 times David uses that word so the first place we um, find it is going to be Psalm 126 well it's not the first time in the Psalms but I'm going to go to Psalm 26 because I'm going to play the music of Psalm 26 after I read this Psalm and I'll read it from the English Standard Version. This is a song of ascent once again. When Yahweh restored the fortunes of Zion, 
We were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. When they said among the nations, Yahweh has done great things for them. Yahweh has done great things for us, and we are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Yahweh, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed of sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. And so that presents the, the, the concept of re restoration that I wanted to talk about today. And it's interesting because the in Psalm 132 is the other Psalm of Ascent that uses the same word, but it puts it in a different context. Um, and we'll, we'll go to that in a little bit. But before I continue with my comments, I'm going to put the music on from what I've recorded of Psalms. It's from the album Psalms of Aliyah. And this one is called The Dream. It's track number seven. And um, I'll play the music and then we'll come back for some comments. <laughs> So 
that is the dream. That's Psalm 126, in which we find that word restore twice, or shuv in Hebrew. And this is talking about restoring our fortunes. Now, my understanding of what's being said here is that, and and we can look at Dave, David's life and get kind of an idea of why he's writing it this way, because David did write this psalm. He says, um, he in, in verse 1, he says, he in all the hardships that he endured, and um, he went so far as amongst those hardships, he made a vow that he wanted to build a house, a temple for to house, for worshiping the God of heaven, our heavenly father. And we know by the story that he wasn't allowed to do that, but he did. He was allowed to get all of the materials together so that his son could build that temple. But David is saying here that um, he's been through a lot of hard times, but he's calling on God to remember him in the middle of those hard times and to restore him back to a a place where he's not having hard times again. <laughs> and how many of us have said that prayer so many times? How many of us have been through hard times? How many of us have been in circumstances that we just couldn't understand? And David had those hit him quite frequently. I'm just thinking specifically, let's think of Absalom. His own son turns against him and most likely by the by what we read would have killed him to clear his way to the throne if David had not been protected by our Heavenly Father, if David had not run across the river for safety, if the, several things had not have happened, um, David would have been dead and Absalom would have been king. So David knows hard times. Now David also knows hard times from his frequent battles with the Philistines and his even before that his uh, or in after that or in the middle of that his continual running from king Saul who was trying to kill him because Saul didn't want Saul knew that he had the next line of succession to the kingdom to be king and Saul did not want that to happen and so he did everything in his power to try to have David killed if not even do it himself so David knew exactly what hard times were. He spent a good number of time, a good amount of time in the cave of Adullam and uh, even running at one time to take refuge among the Philistines who then kicked him out. David had a hard time. And then when he finally comes to Hebron to be accepted by 10 tribes to be the king, even then part of Israel still doesn't accept him as king. And it's not until seven years later when he's finally coronated as king of all the tribes of Israel in Jerusalem. And so David knows exactly what hard times are. And, you know, frankly, David brought some of the hard times on himself. You know, we, can re we can think of the time when he commits adultery with Bathsheba, and not only does he commit adultery, which is against God's law, but he schemes to have her husband Uriah killed in battle so that it won't be found out that he has slept with Bathsheba and she is actually carrying David's child 
And so David is guilty of several major, several of the Big Ten. And um, yet, at the end of David's life, God said, God calls David a man after his own heart. And between that, we've commented on Psalm 51 before, but between his big sins and being called a man after God's own heart, there's this incredible psalm that reflects his his outright, full-on repentance and being absolutely grief-stricken over the sins that he's committed and then calling on his Heavenly Father to actually create a new heart within him, a clean heart, so that he would be able to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in his life, where he says, take not your Holy Spirit from me. So it's interesting um, with that. Now, I'm going to read out of Psalm 132. This is the other place where that word shuv comes in for today's comments. This is another song of ascent. And this is written by David as well. Remember, O Yahweh, in David's favor, all the hardships he endured, how he swore to Yahweh and vowed to the mighty one of Yaakov, I will not enter my house or get into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for Yahweh, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Yaakov. El Gevor is those words used there El, of, of Yaakov. Behold, we heard of it in Ephrathah. We found it in the fields of Ya'ar. Let us go to, this, to his dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness, and let your saints shout for joy. For the sake of your servant, David, do not turn away the face of your anointed one. And that word turn, turn away there is that word shuv. And the Lord swore to David a sure oath from which he will not turn back. And that word is also shuv, turn back. One of the sons of your body I will set on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and my testimonies, that I shall teach them, their sons also forever shall sit on your throne. For Yahweh has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. Can you imagine that? Of all the places in the whole universe, God chose Jerusalem and more specifically Mount Zion to use as his dwelling place forever. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provisions. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Her priests I will clothe with salvation, or Yeshua, and her saints will shout for joy. There I will make a horn to sprout for David. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed. His enemies I will clothe with shame, but on him... His crown will shine. And so there is the promise that our Heavenly Father will turn back or shove the enemy and he will 
himself will not turn back from the promises he gave to David. So I'm going to play the music of Psalm 132. This is called, in the, in the album, it's called The Promise. And then I'll come back for some final comments about our topic today. So that is the promise, Psalm 132. And I would like to just dwell on this idea of restoration by our Heavenly Father. You know, so many times we see in Scripture 
over and over again this theme and I had a friend writing me some emails to this week commenting on some of her discovery in some of these different heroes of the Bible interesting you go to the faith chapter and you see all those listed there in the faith chapter and then you go back and read their story and you go like well they didn't always have that faith or it certainly wasn't always expressed in in a very positive way or it might have been kind of hidden a couple of times and I'll just for an instance take Abraham you know he's first of all he's promised he's going to have a son he th- first of all thinks it's going to be Eliezer his servant because he hasn't been able to have any children Sarah seems barren and so that seems to be all hope is lost in that category so he said well how about God you must mean you know since you're, you're talking about uh progeny that's going to go on forever you must be talking about Eliezer my servant and God said um, no Abraham you you're actually going to have your own son <laughs> well you know several years go by and no son so finally Sarah and Abraham cook up this scheme that they're going to um, have Hagar her handmaid um, be the one who brings forth a son well that turns out kind of tragically as well she does have a son but then Sarah has a son I think about 12 years later after that after God shows up and tells her no you're going to have a son and she laughs and you can read the whole story in scripture but each time they try to solve the problem themselves they get into trouble you know they go down to Egypt and tell the king oh she's my sister because she's so beautiful I'm not having a hard time personally seeing how somebody 80 some years old could have that level of beauty but apparently Sarah did and um, so they they lied and said oh she's my sister well that turn didn't turn out too good and like they didn't learn their lesson the first time they tried it again with another king another time and each time they don't follow God's way they ch- they cook up their own way And then, you know, going back to David, he sees Bathsheba, and first of all, he lets his natural humanity take over and sins. And then to try to cover that, he sins bigger, murder. And each time he's he's trying to use his own wisdom, his own ideas to, to solve his problems instead of asking his heavenly father what what should i do you know he's at this battle with the philistines and at the valley of raphim raphidim and he specifically says in scripture there that he asked god what are we supposed to do well why couldn't he do that every time well why don't we do it every time that's the big question isn't it and i believe personally that these stories are written in scripture for our encouragement because it's important for us to know that our Heavenly Father allows us to make U-turns. And that brings me back to the word shuv, because not only does it have the connotation of restore, but as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, it has the connotation of on our own selves, on our own track away from God, making that decision to shuv, to turn around and come back towards God to change our course, to change the direction of our travel, to stop going against God and to start going with God. 
And so we see over and over again one person after another who is proclaimed to be a hero in Scripture who every single one of them I, I would almost say without fail, maybe Enoch was the only one maybe that didn't because it says that he walked with God so, and then he was no more, so he was taken away. Um, but for the most part, the heroes of Scripture have had their their shining moments and they've had their in-the-depth moments. <laughs> they've had times when they've been ultimately faithful to their Heavenly Father and other times when they've just caved in. And that should be a real um, encouragement to each one of us. I know it's an encouragement to me because I know that there are many times I've failed. In fact, uh, <laughs> I'll just share with you. I was, the toilet in our t fifth wheel here went out. And um, I watched a YouTube that showed me how to fix that. And so I went to went at it and I got the new part and I was working on it. And it said, all you do is just pop this into place and everything will be ready to go. Well, it wouldn't pop into place. <laughs> and I kept trying and trying. I did it over and over and over again. And finally, I just yelled at it. <laughs> and then if you know me, it's there are times I have my moments. And, uh, and Shirley said, you need to cool off. You need to go step outside for a moment. And I did step outside. She was right. And it was kind of funny because this gentleman from a fifth wheel next to or actually a trailer next to us came over and was asking me about some things that I had done on our trailer and just having that conversation with him allowed me to cool down and then I got another YouTube out and it had another suggestion and actually that one worked and um, not before I had to take the whole thing out and take it all apart but you know what at the end of the day it's working it's actually working better than it was before but I tell you that story because it's important for each of us to understand our humanity, to understand we will fail, but to not dwell in that failure, but to walk through that failure and move back into that presence of our Heavenly Father where we, where we continue in His presence, in His grace, in His love, and allow Him to send His Holy Spirit to give us the direction for where we need to go from there. So if I have encouraged you this week, I'm glad, and I just want to just say, go out in this week, and um, be it shalom. So I hope you've enjoyed our time together. Stay tuned, as I say. Little pun. I have many more songs to share with you. I have more to share about how this all comes together. And I pray that you will share and help people, especially those you see stressed, especially in these times that we're going through. Bring people to this calming and this peace and this rest that this beautiful music of the Psalms of David brings to each of our lives. Thank you for listening. Hope to see you next week. Many, many blessings to you all today.